On this episode of Designing Opinion, I'm joined by Gus Granger, Principal and Creative Director at 70,000 Feet and President of AIGA Dallas-Fort Worth, to talk about internships and the role they play in a designer's career. Enjoy. How long have you been running kind of like your own space, your own studio? Mm, probably about nine and a half years. And how, how often do you employ or bring in or experiment, I guess, with internships? Uh, pretty much the entire time. Um, what kind of, I guess, what kind of structure is your internship program? Formally, it's, I'm looking for students that are eventually at the caliber that we'd want to hire. Right. And so, whether it's, you know, their work, their attitude, uh, whether they, you know, have good chemistry with the team, you know, those are, you know, that's really the first step. But once, you know, they're in the door, you know, like from early on, I've been really passionate about education myself and, you know, thought about going back and teaching and mentoring, you know, you know, it, I mean, it stuff tells perfectly into some of the conversations, you know, the conversation we're having earlier. But for me, you know, where I work was the perfect kind of medium for me to be able to to teach. And as far as a formal structure for the internship program itself, we're really like, we've got projects going on. I want someone to get in the door and help us make these things successful. And I'm looking for an innate hunger and passion for the business and a talent for design in and of itself. So really they just get thrown into the mix. And so it's not, you know, like we have a prescribed curriculum of all right, here it's going to be a four-month program, and we on month one we're going to do these things, and month two we're going to do these things. You're part of the team right away, and if there's someone that's you know just really underexperienced in certain ways, that's okay. That's we'll just start to utilize them in a way which is going to help them grow and learn, and that they're going to benefit the project in some way. Um, so, I guess within the the schools in the area and the designers that are coming to you for internships, I mean, how are you, how do you see their ability and their progress, I guess, in relation to like how uh, developed are they? You know, how much, how much of them are coming to you like pretty well developed and pretty well rounded versus, you know, ones that aren't quite, I don't know, just kind of not quite there. We see most of what we see is not quite there, and I've seen a lot of you know. For every person that we bring in, we probably have reviewed at some level, you know, depending on the time of year, between fifty to one hundred books um, or portfolios these days, or online portfolios, which is a whole other rant. <laughs> but so yeah, I mean, I think the screening process for me. Is as soon as I get an email, I can tell if it's somebody I want to continue looking at. It's just like, all right, how is that email itself written? And we usually will start it off with like, if you're interested in the internship program, I want a PDF of your resume. And um, originally it was, you know, and I also want a PDF with examples of your work. And but if they have an online portfolio, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But um, before I even look at a portfolio, I can tell if somebody's. Um, skilled just by looking at the way that they formatted their resume. Mm-hmm. And um, 
and sometimes it's not. And you know, if if I'm getting an email, if there's a word file, that's their resume. I'm like, well, that's. I mean, I'm, I'm saying like it's like there there are certain filters and cues that it's like all right, you were not passionate about presenting. You know, your approach to design by putting your story about your in your direction as a career by putting it in a word document. Um, that was just that's a big tell. You know over a hundred candidates and I'm like, all right, right there's a flag. I need to move on to the next one and keep going. Right. And then, but anyway, that's, 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 that's the opening step. And then, you know, that's certainly, that's all part of it too. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, I publish something on my studios site about, um, you know, I don't read resumes anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I look at them, Mm-hmm. And it's gonna tell me a lot about um, ability and focus, and you know, yeah. very important details. But you know, the bigger picture is I'm gonna look at your work, and if I see enough in your work, that's gonna get you in the door. And if you're in the door, it's your opportunity to win or lose. Right. You know, I I don't care to read through the resume anymore and say, or, and see, Oh, okay. You did this, you did this, you did this, you did this. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at how's the, how's the information or organized? Like what's the hierarchy? Um, and if it gets you in the door, you're going to tell me, the students are going to tell me their experiences because I'm going to ask them about it. Yeah. Like how can you hold a conversation? Um, yeah. so that's, that's even, you know, that's certainly my own take on it. That, that isn't, I still tell all of the students to, you know, yes, send a resume, but be very considerate of what you're sending and how you're sending it. And, you know, we deal, we deal with a lot with, uh, some applicants really feel that there are, that they are kind of like entitled to a job because an opportunity, just because they went to school and they have, you know, okay work and you know it's they they're of the mindset where they think the industry is this thing is that they think that the industry is one thing but then if we get them in the door and we start you know running them through the paces they realize it's something totally different right and they're not ready right and they leave (laughs) right um right and we tell them but we tell them up front i was like we're this is not us holding your hand like within this organization like we're not the ones doing the work the students are responsible for everything they're Mm. they're brainstorming they're pitching they're they're talking to the clients sometime on day one Mm -hmm. you know you don't have time to get yourself settled when you have a meeting in five minutes that you're going to sit in on and you're going to take notes for your senior lead yeah um and you know myself and the executive director are there to be a safety net. We're, we're certainly not going to let them fall so far that, you know, it, it scars them or it damages the project or anything like that. Um, we'll let them slip and let them fumble a little. And then, you know, we step in if we need to, but we're really about providing them an opportunity. Like we think you have the ability. Let's see if you can, you know, turn around and, grab your footing sure sure uh, it, it it reminds me of soon after i'd left college you know i had the the goal of you know starting a studio someday 
and but I knew I wanted to get out and get enough experience to be able to you know make sure I was doing it the right way and not making a bunch of rookie mistakes on you know while my own finances were at risk so oh learn from the experience of you know other creative directors and you know senior level people around me and but I'm, I've had conversations early on with others that right out of school and I'm like I'm starting my own shop mm-hmm. and I'm like but you don't know anything yet right um there you know there is no safety net like you're talking about or you know if you get some huge opportunity to do some kind of project that you've never heard of before I mean that's exciting and there's a lot of people that have you know made you know done well for themselves doing that but it's been so rewarding for me personally to have gone well some amount of years working a bunch of different firms and agency environments and before going off on my own to have gone through and learned from a variety of different types of clients a variety of different types of creative directors different strategies, different approach to design, so that by the time that I went off on my own, you're building on all that experience and you've seen all these different types of things. And so when some client comes in with some challenge that you've, you know, if you hadn't been down that same path, you have never heard of as opposed to, you know what, I've seen this exact dilemma eight different times. You can do it like this, like this, like this, or like this. Mm-hmm. And and away you go, and you're getting through that process. You gain a lot more trust with your clients, and they trust you to do um, more experimental work because they trust you with their brand, or they trust you with you know their 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 investment in your creative vision. Where if you don't have that background, it's going to be much more difficult to earn that trust, and that can box you in um, creatively. But that's it, what that brings us back to what we're talking about with you know at the core of this is, is education and that, you know, you know, for, for me and my personal journey, making sure that I was, you know, educated and experienced enough to do, you know, to create this firm and grow this firm and on the best foundation possible. Um, it's, you know, it's the same way to everybody that comes through the door, um, whether it's our interns or designers or our, our project managers that, uh, by, by the time we've made a decision to bring them into the team, you know, everybody needs to grow. They're going to get hit the ground running and they're, they're expected to perform at the level that they're capable. And, and we're going to keep pushing and pushing and, um, and rewarding them fairly for that effort. And, um, you know, I, <laughs> yeah, I could just forever. Um, well, that's good that you mentioned it, like the whole um, not going to work for yourself as soon as you get out of school or as soon as right. students get out of school. With with the economy, with the current kind of economic landscape, mm-hmm. you know, there's not nearly as many students getting hired right out of school anymore. Right. Right. Um, uh, in Chicago, we have a growing startup scene. Mm-hmm. which is I've been kind of like involved with and championing like the importance of design to a lot of these very young st- entr- like first year first uh, startup kind of entrepreneurs that are focused on building a product or building a solution and they're not looking at design yet they're looking at the business side of it and they're looking at the tech side of it 
Yeah. Um, so we start to see a lot of uh, designers going off and working for a startup right out of school too, mm-hmm. simply because okay, it's something fun, it's something interesting, it's something that they could benefit from. But at the same time, the CEO of these companies aren't much older than somebody right out of school. Right. Um, so how do you, how do students, you know, gain experience anymore without, you know, constantly working internships or some that are unpaid, occasionally they are paid internships. Um, and you know, what, what are students really to do anymore? That's, that's tough. Because uh, the the because everything you just outlined, I'm like you can, you go into a startup. I would be scared to death um, as an investor in that startup. And like the the design, you make you mentioned like we've got the design side, the the business side, and the technology side. The more you understand the importance of design, like that absolutely is the business side, and you need to be able to argue that. And um, if if you're not able to, you know, that it, it's. It's it's frightening. Mm-hmm. Just thinking about the prospects of a you know a, an exciting new company not having to be able to just really to, to benefit from experience there. But your question is about you know how does a, a, a young student you know whether they're in school or coming right out get the get experience in this economy? You've got to surround you've got to surround yourself with great work and great mentors and you know people that you admire and if you're not able to get a job where you're learning um, from the best people possible like how, what what are what is what is what are other ways to get at that knowledge you know it's like what are you what books are you reading what what podcasts are you listening to um, who are your peers um, you know you know are you are you going to AIGA events and you know networking with you might not be able to get a job but you might be able to you know just to, to have informational interviews with you know fantastic you know creative directors that'll just give you different advice and counsel um, that will just change your complete approach the biggest surprise that I had um, when I left college was how approachable people in this industry what were really were and, you know, folks that I just kind of had put up on this pedestal and, you know, there's, and, and you're kind of like in awe of, and you're kind of like intimidated about, you might see them at a conference and I don't want to go and talk to them. And like, I, I encountered this with at an AIJA event while I was in school. And, um, it was, this was Jack Anderson from Hornell Anderson Design Works. They did a gigantic amount of work for Starbucks. Mm-hmm. This was, must've been like 95 or 96 and his shop was in Seattle and I, we were just talking after his, you know, he gave his presentation. I mentioned, you know, that someday I thought about going to live and work in Seattle. I was still in school. He was like, here's my card. He hadn't seen my work or anything. Here's my card. Right. Give me a call if you're ever in Seattle. I'll take a look at your work and I'll, you know, just kind of show you around the studio. And it just, I saw that type of outreach time and time again when, you know, whether if, if in just reaching out to somebody, if they're not hiring, they'll let you know the names of people that are. Mm-hmm. Or, in, and it's just having that passion and drive to just get the type of experience and get the type of exposure that you want, and and just really being persistent. 
Um, that and like I'm just a, a naturally introverted person anyway, so it's like I'm not the networking type, and was really blindsided by you know the warmth that I encountered like with that individual and just saw it. And I, I can tell so many different stories like that, and I actually took them up on it while I was still in college and just went to Seattle for a day just to get that exposure. Right. They were hiring. He looked at my work, but it was great to, to go out there and go to at the time, which I think was like a 30, 40 person firm and hear about how they ran the place. And that had direct relevance to the way that I manage the firm today, mm-hmm. just from that one afternoon. And it's like, you're, if if it's about, you know, kind of grabbing building blocks to kind of build the foundation of what your career is going to be. If you have a job, if you're fortunate enough to get a job where you're going to have a strong, you know, mentor in that environment and the, the, the culture there is encouraging and you're going to get a good amount of experience to propel yourself. Every day you're getting different lessons that are, you know, those blocks that are going to build your foundation up. But if you're not, then it's about, you know, to continue that analogy, what are the other places that you can go to get those same building blocks? You know, like you might not be a big wealth like you would be if you're, if, hey, I'm in this agency, I'm here 40 hours a week or 80 hours a week and I'm getting all this massive amounts of experience um, by working directly with all these different types of people. If, if that's not available to you, set that aside. What are other ways for you to get that knowledge? Mm-hmm. And it's got to go beyond just looking at work that you think is great, um, but really digging in deeper. I'm like, you know, why is that great? Was it successful for the client? You know, if we just stop it, you know, looking at work that we idolize that's being celebrated in, you know, magazines or on certain websites as being, you know, cool, um, you know, we might miss, you miss a big part of the story as to, you know, was that a successful business solution um, for that client or was it just a cool poster or was it just a great ad? It may have destroyed the client's business. And the way that I look at this industry in the end, that wasn't great design. That made them great art. But as graphic designers, you know, we're an essential instrument in the business. And, you know, the, the smarter, you know, business leaders realize that and they tap into that. And those are the types of designers that they're bringing to the table. When you underestimate the power that design can have, have on, you know, the way a business communicates anything to their stakeholders, clients, customers, prospective customers. They're just missing massive opportunities. And I think that's a big thing that I feel like is starting to change that, you know, the general business community just underestimates really the value of what it is a trained designer brings to the table. Mm -hmm. And I think when students reach too far without getting the type of professional experience um, to deliver upon deliver really informed, strong solutions upon really big challenges, they run the risk of failure, which we all do, but on a broader standpoint, they run the risk of reinforcing a stereotype within our industry that they just don't understand. Designers don't understand business. They're decorators. They're more interested in making something that's going to be cool or type that's too small or trendy. And a a lot of times, if you're untrained, you fall back to that position um, or under experienced or if you haven't really 
spent the time to find out about what is it that really makes design successful for businesses and how to execute that, that um, when you don't have that foundation, it's, it, you're, you're robbing yourself and potentially the, the, the business problems you're trying to solve design skills. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and like you mentioned, you know, we're earlier about paid internships versus unpaid internships and we could talk a whole other hour about that. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, a lot of, a lot of students, um, I, I guess that I see are it, it kind of in their mind, like, well, if I don't want to do an unpaid internship, mm-hmm. Uh, what I do is valuable. I should be paid for what I do. Right. Um, and I think there's certain I think there's certain elements to when and where that's appropriate. Um, but at the same time, students are dealt frequently with the the unpaid internship as you know you know coffee grunt. Right. They're spending. Their their assistants, their their extra set of hands for mm-hmm. creative directors or for mm-hmm. other designers that mm-hmm. um, they're tasked with doing the jobs that other people higher up the the ladder don't necessarily want to do. Like, right. You get you go get the coffee. You're gonna mount the work. You're gonna cut boards. Right. And I I think that sometimes you know the unpaid internship as as monkey. Tends to do, uh, tends to uh, kind of distract and deter from what they want to do. Well, here's here's my take on it. I, I mean, I think we joke about the coffee runs, go pick up my dry cleaning, um, shine my shoes. Um, that I think that there, there's just something which is just demeaning about most of that. Oh, absolutely. But. Um, I guess one, I would not, I would not discourage someone from taking an unpaid internship if that's going to get them those building blocks that we were talking about before. If that's going to get them the type of experience that's going to move them up to the next level, so that they can chase their dream. Right. Get after it. You know, go and just get whatever opportunity that's presented in front of you. I have a problem with the firms that are not paying their interns. Mm -hmm. There are legal problems with that, but. Early on, my biggest passion there is that it's it's inherently elitist, mm-hmm. um, and right away you're missing out on potentially the better candidates that frankly can't afford to work for you for free, right? And that's a detriment to your business. And and so to the opposite of that, if you're only offering an unpaid internship, now you're only looking to people that are somehow moneyed enough. To be able to apply to a job for you, right. to, to 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 work to have the to honor, they have the honor of working for me for free. Right. And in this country, if you're doing anything as an intern that is benefiting the business, you have to be paid. Mm-hmm. So, and there's with the AIGA has some fantastic resources. Um, on this, I'll always plug in AIJ because I'm, I'm the president of the Dallas chapter. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but you just go ahead and just Google AIGA unpaid internships. There's it, it lays it all out there. Mm-hmm. But in order for an unpaid inter- internship to be legitimate, the benefit needs to be to the student. And if 
there essentially can be no benefit to the business itself. And so if they have you working on client project and that's work that somebody else otherwise would have been paid for, you have to, you have to be paid for that as well. Mm-hmm. And you know, there, and there's a lot of you know, firms and people that I respect that are sadly continuing this practice. And I'm like, I think it's injurious to them, but it's hard to be like, well, you know, it's free labor. How, I could, how can I say no to that? Right. But, it's you know, it's so their opportunity to learn something. It isn't, you know, why should I pay them to learn? It's, it's up to them to want to be here and to learn from us and to, to learn how the studio works type mindset, too. It's, and it's, it's an accepted norm, and I don't even think people really have dug into the, the legal issues around it or even care about, I don't say they don't care, but it just doesn't, it's always just felt mm-hmm. icky and unethical, mm-hmm. you know, that, because I want someone to come in here and that's passionate about this and they're, they're going to give me their all and I'm going to have somebody here for 50 hours a week that's being unpaid mm-hmm. and they're going to, you know, when you're entry level, you're going to do some grunt work. Absolutely. That's just part of it. At and that I think, time, at that point in your career, it's, it's all about earning numbers, earning hours. It, it, it is. And, and frankly, it's like, look, if, if I need to have 100 presentations mounted on phone core, the entry-level person is going to do it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, look, otherwise, like, look, there's a distribution of labor in the, in the office. And when you as the intern become senior you know, or you're the creative director or whatever – you need to be able to teach the people junior to you how to prepare a hundred boards mm-hmm. for a presentation or make mock-ups or plow through 10,000 stock photos to find the perfect image for a comp. Mm-hmm. And there's no way for you to get that experience than if you just, you have to do it at some point. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, I don't say that to be, you know, that we're all, we're, it's grunt work, you know, you're the intern, we're going to give it to you. No, but there's, there's a reason why. Yeah, you know, it's it's that's how you just just how you learn. I had I had the best experience for like I had a variety of internships all paid while I was in college. One of one of the the jobs I had, which was the most grueling, it was like a four hundred page book. Every week I would come in and it was just full of post its and edits, and I had to go through the entire thing and make all those changes. Mm-hmm. Um, and the time was in Quark Express, mm-hmm. and through the process of doing that over. I think we're working on that book from probably over like a four to six week period. You know, I learned more about setting styles, typography, cork shortcuts, arranging and just working with a giant document. And so by the time I get done with that process, and it's like, hey, you know what? Here's a 30 page document laid out. I'm done in no time because I've gone through that grueling part of the process. It's total right. to make karate kid references, but it's like, you know, it's like, all right. Sand, paint the fence, sand the card. I'm like, you're like, I, why am I doing this? And all of a sudden, now you're, you know, you're a karate expert. Right. So that part of it, you know, you, you just have to, you have to learn the trade. And, you know, sometimes it's glamorous. Sometimes there's just a, it's just a, a lot of hard work that goes into it. And, you know, when you're, especially in someday, if you're working, starting your own business and you're by yourself, guess what? You're doing all that work yourself. Absolutely. You're going to be thankful that you were taught I mean, how to do it in the first place. I, I think the other thing is that it's, you know, it's not perceived at just how much work it really is at times. Mm-hmm. 
I can I tend to make things look streamlined and easy, but that's because I've been doing this ten years as well. You know, I've learned the shortcuts. I've learned how to efficiently get from A to B. You know, mm-hmm. and you know, and then um, when the students come and they present, you know, oh here's here's our here's our comps for you know the client, and I ask for the process, and it's only a couple of pages of of thumbnails, and I go, okay, where's the rest? Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, this is it. I'm like, no. <laughs> It, it may be, but here's here's why I don't believe it yet. You didn't explore enough. Mm-hmm. So then we will put everything off to the side, and I jump in there with a sharpie or an ex- or a dry erase marker, and I go, "We're going to start at point A, right? And we're going to go through this all again together, and I'm mm-hmm. leading. You have mm-hmm. to keep up. Mm-hmm. And we'll sit there and we'll go through it. We'll uh, we'll find, we'll play." word association we'll play with ideas and the majority of uh my notes in my process aren't thumbnails they're words mm-hmm. they're words that reflect an idea and then we get to a point like okay what visually represents that word right this is nowhere near where we started like you're right but this is where you your process led you and you have to explore and see where it's going Hmm. Hmm. Um, so I guess we kind of we kind of know where the current state of internships are. Um, where do you think where do you think they're maybe going? I mean, where could we improve upon the internship as a program in the next? I don't know. As as I guess the industry just continues to evolve more and more. Let me think. My mind immediately goes to, you know, is it about, I think there's, there's two aspects, you know, how prepared is a prospective intern when they come into a work environment to start to contribute from day one, that being one side of it, but then you've got the other side, it's like, all right, what type of internship programs are design firms and agencies preparing for the interns themselves? And... I think if we're talking about trying to set a standard here that yeah the I would want to see a standard set where everyone is on day one it's about respect mm-hmm. um, from day one it's about the education of that of that that person that it's about develop them developing them as a professional that it's about pushing them um, to I mean like in the, to what I was mentioning earlier, like this business is, I think, disproportionately driven by folks who are highly passionate about this, about what they do. Um, it's not, we're not digging ditches, ditches. It's not accounting where there's always a right answer. Um, you know, it's like math is going to be what math is. You're being pulled into an environment with a blank piece of paper and told to invent something for this client that's in the other room and he's paying us a ton of money for whatever is going to come out of your head. Mm-hmm. It happened. Um, that's a daunting, frightening and an exciting process. And it takes, you know, some training to get that done. Well, I look at everyone that comes to the doors here is, you know, one, it's, it's, it's an honor to me as a, 
a creative director and as a principal that they would even want to work here in the first place. And I think that that sacred bond needs to be respected and that you as a leader, as somebody who's employing an intern, need to take that responsibility seriously and that that young mind is coming into your office looking to you to help guide them in their dream. And at least the better firms, you know, if, if you're not passionate about it, you're probably not that good at it. And so that's what I'm, that's, that's where I'm going to say like, look, this is the, the, the type of interns in places that are like really focused on doing great work. Odds are that person is there and I'm like, I'm chasing my dream. I want to be a great designer. Teach me. Mm-hmm. Take that seriously to neglect that. And like, I'm just going to throw you in the corner and you can scan stuff all day and go get my coffee. Um, yeah, by the way, I'm not going to pay you. That just, it angers me. It, it just, it, it's, it, it just drives me crazy. Um, and it's, it's a, it's a bait and switch and I've seen it happen too much and I, I just wanted to, to stop. And then, and it did. So that it gets down to those three things that we're talking about, like respect education, professionalism, and just really like mentoring. And it's, I don't know if those are like new concepts. They're just what I think need to be embraced consistently um, across really, I think, any business, whether it's design or not, but it's, it's, it's this industry that I can talk to. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's very much, I don't know. I, there's there's a lot that can be done. There's a lot that should be done, and there's a lot to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it everything kind of comes down to you know professionalism, responsibility, accountability, <clears throat> um, and being able to confidently do this job. But right. it has to start somewhere. Right. We don't. We don't just graduate school and know everything. We think we do, but we learn. Hopefully, we learn really quickly that we don't, and we need to keep learning because that shouldn't ever stop. Yeah, I mean, it sounds cliche, but you've got to learn how to learn. Yeah, you know, and every every day we get a new project, which is just dumbfounding, and so and that's just thrilling, frankly, just to sit down and be like. All right, here's the brief. We have no idea how we're going to solve this, but let's get together as a team and figure this out. Right. Um, that's the most exciting part of the, the whole process and Absolutely. just kind of just having this fear in the pit of your stomach and, you know, pulling together as a team and, you know, leaning on each other and pushing each other to come back with something fantastic. That's why I keep coming in here every day. So I guess we'll close it up with um, asking you for one piece of advice for recent graduates or soon-to-be graduates. We get a lot of students that are graduating winter term. We'll get a lot more graduating uh, in May. Um, so our, our doors are kind of like revolving right now in the studio. Right. But um, I always like to you know, keep telling students, you know, keep working. Don't be afraid to fail. You, you fail because you tried. Mm-hmm. Um, what piece of advice could you share for them? 
be relentless. I we I remember when I was in school, we at we went and saw Paul Rand a year before he died, and um, some like one of my classmates just kind of asked him. It was him and Steve Heller, kind of like what what advice that he would have for um, you know this room of you know designers and what we should do to succeed. He didn't elaborate. He just said, "Work like a dog." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I've and as I've, I've reflected on that, and we're like, "Oh, that's uplifting." <laughs> but there's so much truth to that, and is and as I've reflected on how just growing in this profession is about just stacking up experience. The more projects that you can get under your belt, whether they're failures or successes, you know, those are things that are going to continue to make you stronger and stronger um, as you advance. Um, just, just tap into that passion and just chase it like a, just be rabid about it. You know, it's like, and too many, too many students out there, like I can, if I sit down and like I've done so many portfolio reviews, I can have the exact same conversation with somebody who has a book which is not good. I ask them who their favorite designers are. They can't name anybody. I ask them what publications they read. Design publications. They can't read any. They they can't name any. They don't. They don't know Stefan Sagmaster. They don't know Paul Rand. They don't know Bradbury Thompson. Or I can go through a very long list. They, they've never heard of, like, what firms do you admire? They can't name any of them. They're trapped in this bubble where they know the creative suite. They like to make posters. Uh, you know, there's some artists that I like, and I like their album covers. And, and they're in this bubble, and they've got to just get out of that. And, and be like, if you're wanting, this, just to draw an, an analogy, like, if you want to be competing at an Olympic level, and, like, you've got to, be training with other Olympians and if you can't you need to figure out what other Olympians are doing to train because you're going to get out there and compete and want to be able to race with them you've got to make sure that you're keeping pace and it's that serious that just be relentless fight to be the best get the experience that you want you know if you, if you if you're sending your your resume and your portfolio to the firm that you want to work at and they're not hearing you're not hearing from them stay at it and keep staying at it and keep staying at it. And if, like, if they tell you that you're not ready, what is it about my work which isn't ready? Take that criticism, look at it, and go back and work harder at it. And that's, and, and that's, and that's a hard thing to do because we're so emotionally attached to our work and then that's crushing. But you either want to do this or you don't. And if you can take that feedback and take it seriously and not – let it crush you. You're gonna, you and your career is gonna be that much more of a benefit. And if you're getting that from somebody you respect, um, and they're respecting you enough to give you that type of feedback, that's that's positive too. Um, but you know, you also gotta know that you know some people are just jerks and beat you down that way. Either it's like, you know the person was a jerk, whatever. But maybe there was some feedback here that they said, and let me go back and keep pushing myself. So you know, awesome. Gus, thank you, thank you so much for taking the time and. Oh, it's my pleasure. I've had that enjoyed the conversation. Fantastic. Fantastic.